0: Hey, Subbeacon fans, it is your last chance to participate in the first annual Subbeacon Expanded Universe Minnesota Con. You know what everyone says, Minnesota is beautiful in November. So if you want to get together this Sunday, November 10th, after church, DM me, C underscore Haberman, on Twitter. It's going to be great, and go Gophers.
1: I really don't feel like... Doing the introduction, so can you do it? Sure. Thanks
0: for giving me lots of time to prepare.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's go.
0: Now,
2: the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe.
0: Hello, and welcome to the SSEU Podcast. I am your host, Thomas Lassie, and I am joined by John Mark, David Ryan, Paul Thomas Anderson, Kinney. Would you say hello to our audience? Hello! You sound a little off today. I have a cold! Are you doing the Mortal Engines uh, accent? I made some tea from (laughs) the algae in the bilge water. What of it? Do you like it? (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Christopher will be joining us shortly, we hope. Uh, Thomas, uh, how are you today? I am very
1: good. I wanted everyone to know that tonight uh, I spent much of my evening actually watching the World Series. The World the
0: word series, series.
1: The World the series. series. I got this. I got this, Chris. Don't worry. Okay. And uh, it seemed like the Nationals were winning. Which means that the Astros weren't actually winning the World the World Series tonight. I- is that correct?
0: Um, that is correct. Uh, we are. Uh, yep, yeah, we're recording this on the night of Game Six. Uh, game Six is ended, and it's all knotted up at three. Which means we've got the rubber game coming up. What do you think about that, Thomas? We
1: we have the what game coming up?
0: The the rubber game is is the term for it
1: the rubber game. Uh, oh okay, see yeah. see I I thought that meant something else.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but get your head out of the gutter. Uh, so we have uh we'll have to see if Max Scherzer is well enough to pitch. Of course he was supposed to pitch in game 5. Um but he like woke up with a crick in his neck. Uh, did you uh, did you hear about this? No, I I didn't. I it, it wasn't just a crick in his neck. It was like I don't know, he's locked up or something and actually don't know much about it. I don't think him a shot of cortisone or something, but... Uh,
1: oh, okay, it would, it so, would... <laughs> so, so can you clear something up for me? So, isn't Verlander one of the best pitchers in the game?
0: Verlander? Yeah, yeah.
1: But I saw a statistic today which said that he had won zero out of five World Series games.
0: Very good pronunciation of world, by the way. Um... Uh, yeah, that, that is correct, Thomas. Uh, I believe he is only... Did he have two appearances with the Tigers or just the one? Anyway, uh, wins and losses don't matter, Thomas. Here's the thing that you need to understand. If Ryan were what, here, he'd back me. What do you me. mean they
1: don't matter?
0: They're the most pointless statistic for a pitcher.
1: It doesn't matter if you win.
0: Right. Um, like, there are plenty of good reasons to get a no deci- to, to, to not get a decision in a game. The point is to go out there to, to eat innings for your team, to pitch a lot of innings, and to not give up runs to keep your team in the game. Whether or not you get the win um, isn't as important. So it, it, that doesn't mean that he's necessarily struggled. He just hasn't gotten the, the decision, which means you, you need to – which means like your bullpen can't let you down. It means you need a lot of run support. There are a lot of things that go into getting a win as a pitcher. So, now, if he were if he were winless and had an ERA of like nine, that'd be pretty terrible. Should should we um should we pause and bing his uh, ERA? Uh yeah, let's
1: let's do that. What what's right. what's his ERA and what is his ERA
0: and what is ERA? Oh okay. Well, ERA is earned run average. So do, do you know what an earned run is? No. Uh. <laughs> Do you know what a run is?
1: Yes, it's when you run around all those cones and you like run past And you get back to home. Yes, sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: So um an earned run is is simply a term for uh if if it's the pitcher's fault. So an un- unearned run is fairly rare. It, it means there's an error, but th- those are not held against
1: so, um, so 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 that sure. that that's like if the first baseman has a ball hit right to him but he fails to catch it.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th- then that run won't count against your earned run average. Okay. Um so just kind of pulling up uh I I binged him and uh let's see he pitched in the World Series in 2006 for for Detroit um and he had a 573 ERA, which means uh so earned run average, the average part is you take his earned runs and average it out for 9 innings. Um, so he pitched 11 innings, gave up 7 earned runs, which comes to an earned run average that year of 573, which is which is not great. Um, okay. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Um, he pitched in the World Series again um, in 2012, uh, where he had an 1125, 11.25 ERA. That is terrible. Uh... Back to 2017, uh, where he was pitching in the World Series for, for the Astros, and he had a 3.75 ERA. And that's where um, not having a win is not significant. He pitched 12 innings. Um, so in, in, in two different games, he pitched six innings, which is quite good. I, I mean, especially they have a quick hook in the World Series. They're going to pull you early. It's not, these aren't the days where they just leave um, starting pitchers in forever. Um so that's not terrible. Um,
1: did, did did the Astros win that year?
0: They did, yep. Two years okay. ago they won the World Series. And then this year he has an ERA of six, which which isn't great. But but I'll say this is that th- these are such small sample sizes uh, that that t- to say that um you know he has a so he's a playoff ERA of 335. So I mean not only has, has he been a great pitcher um for a lot of years, uh, he's been a good pitcher in the postseason. Um it just hasn't necessarily worked out for him to win games in the World Series. He's he's helped contribute to um, to wins uh, like his um, like in two thousand seventeen. Like his team won those games because he kept them in the World Series. So that's my long boring explanation on why um, wins don't necessarily matter. And, oh. and really, it's only it's only the old sports writers that and, and it drives me crazy. If Ryan were on the podcast right now, uh, we have no idea where he is. I he, we can only assume he's dead. <laughs> he's supposed to be here and he's not, and he's normally so reliable. He's
1: usually we, on time, yeah.
0: Yep. He's usually on time, uh, but he would be going nuts about this because, um, uh, like th- there there are sports writers who argue. Uh, I guess my pet peeve is, is like sports writers will ar- argue that there are pitchers that should not win the Cy Young because they only have, like, 12 wins. Even though they have more strikeouts, more innings pitched, a lower whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitched. Like, all all of their, like, important – and these aren't even, like, crazy advanced metrics. We're not talking spin rate or anything like that. We're, we're, we're just talking, like, impact on, on the field. Like, wins and losses just aren't as big of a deal for a starting pitcher. Like, you need run support to get wins, and there are times – um, that uh, pitchers have won the world, <laughs> the the Cy Young, even though they have like an ERA an entire run higher than other pitchers. And yes, I'm thinking of Bartolo Colon winning over Johan Santana in the year I don't know 2005 or 2006. Um, Santana just didn't have the wins. Colon had like 20 wins and up. Let's just pause. I'm gonna bing it. Okay, Johan Santana i going to look him up, uh, pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. And I'm guessing it was in 2005 that I'm thinking, where he had a 287 ERA, but he only had 16 wins. He was 16 and 7. Uh, he, he led the league in strikeouts, had 230 innings pitched, and Cologne. This is good content. Bartolo <laughs> Cologne. What did I say, 2005. Had 21 wins and a 348 ERA.
1: What? So is that because he was on a much better team?
0: I mean, not necessarily a better team, just he got better run support. And so even though his ERA was significantly higher, um, like the sports writers like drooled over all those wins he got. He got 21 wins as opposed to 16, which is crazy. Um, I believe, uh, what's his name? The pitcher for the, the uh, Felix Rodriguez? Felix, I'm sorry, Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young. And this was scandalous to old-school sports writers. He won the Cy Young one year um, when he had, like, 15 wins. uh, But he had a 214 ERA. And, no, he didn't even win it that year. He got second. Um, He had a 214 ERA. Crazy low. Anyway, uh, we should probably transition from stat talks. This is some hot stuff, though. This is... (laughs) So,
1: so w- one last baseball question. So, yeah. if you were to bet on the Nats or the Astros in Game 7, who
0: would you pick? It's a really good question. Neither team has won at home, uh-huh. so that's a mark against the Astros. I'm guessing Granky's going to start, and he hasn't been super reliable. That's a mark against the Astros. However, if Strasburg... I'm sorry, if... Uh, not Strasburg... Um, Max Scherzer, yeah. If Max Scherzer um, can't pitch, that's going to be hard. I think for uh, the Nationals to win Game Seven. Um, however, the Astros seem to cheat. Um, <laughs> like they they, uh, they steal. I don't know. They seem to like steal signs and whatever. Um, so I I've got to I've got to go with the home team, even though home teams are not winning. Um, my choice is going to be the Astros. Can we record an alternate segment where um, I'll cho- I'll I'll make a case for the Nationals, <laughs> and you can just like put in whichever one wins, and I'll si- sound completely brilliant.
1: Correct. That, that that is not how this works, Chris. I'm sorry.
0: I hate you. Can we do story time? Can I tell you a story, or or did you have something else to say about? This?
1: No, yes. no, go on. I, I have nothing else to say about baseball. Absolutely nothing.
0: Nothing else. All right. Well, uh, a friend of mine uh, rents out his house uh, via Airbnb. Uh, and he, he's got a – I mean uh, it's not like it's it's like a super nice house, but it's a good location. He's got a a, a pool. Um, and again, this, it's not super nice, but it's an above-ground pool. And in the summer, it's kind of cool to have a pool. So if, if you want to um, – it's in an up and coming neighborhood, in that like downtown has kind of crept across the river.
1: <laughs> wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on! It's an up and coming neighborhood in Sioux Falls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Saying that I'm neighborhoods sorry. have never been down in Sioux Falls. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, um,
1: I, I mean, I go on, go on
0: downtown is kind of spread and like kind of breweries and and stuff are kind of getting closer. And so he can, he's in within like really good walking distance of stuff. So anyway, he, he rents out, uh, Airbnb, but you know, the thing about Airbnb is that people can rent with you for any reason. I mean, it could be a bachelorette party or it can just be, um, for instance, this spring, Les Mis came to town, the traveling show Les Miserables, um, the famous, uh, musical, Heard of it? Yeah. And and uh, I have a Les Mis story if, if we have time later. But so one of the, some of the musicians uh, from from Les Mis stayed for like the week at his house and um, like I knew this was happening at the time. I didn't hear until like a week ago that it was like, first of all. He has kind of a nosy neighbor. Uh, he says they're great neighbors, but they're kind of nosy. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting because every time he has an Airbnb guest, he'll hear, like, stories about them. Like, oh, well, they were in the pool a lot or they were this or they were that. But they happen to look in at night through the window. And, like, there's a dude, like, standing in, in his kitchen, like, renting one of the people renting the place, who's, like, butt naked. Just, like, standing there in the house, butt naked, um, visible from the neighbor's house. Okay. All right. Whatever. Like, teach his own, right, Thomas? I mean, I mean, uh, who among what, us? Right? What, what do you mean? happen to look in through the window at night? Well, I mean, you happen to have their eyeballs pressed against the glass. I mean, <laughs> again, who among us, right? <laughs> all right. So you.
1: So the neighbor saw Lynn Manuel Miranda there naked in the
0: kitchen, and uh, that's go- exactly right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, Go on. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and also, and this 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 is the part where I think that these people, I, I probably should have shared that other context first, but it makes <laughs> them seem like they're 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 people who like to have a good time. Like they're naked in the kitchen. They enjoy having a good time. Uh, he said when he got back, he found a razor blade and residue of white powder. On his kitchen table now, come on, if you're doing lines of coke, do you really leave residue and a razor blade, or did these people just have a sense of humor and are like you know what I mean like like hey would that be really funny if it made it if we made it look like we were doing coke at his dining room table
1: yeah i mean it 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 would seem like it would seem like a waste if they just
0: left it there, so I don't know how much residue, but he said there was white powder, but not like voluminous uh, white powder. But the razor blade, like, do you really leave the razor blade behind, like, out in the open? No, no, like, no. you, you so wouldn't, like, right? Like, the alternative to the story that, that, that I kind of prefer is that, like, these people are like, would not that be really hilarious if we just, like, set it up to make it look like, I mean, it's not like you're leaving, like, buckets of blood, you know, <laughs> making, like killed somebody. You're just making it look like maybe you did some lines of coke. Um, and then, the just standing naked in the kitchen is just icing on the cake as far as like uh, what interesting lives these musicians, <laughs> you know, live.
1: Okay, and, and and let's let let's for the record note that this is like the traveling show of Limis, So it's not actually Lynn Manuel Miranda. It's. Whatever other artists that they managed to get to do the
0: traveling show. I th- so I thought I thought you were joking. Uh, you know, there's a difference between Les Mis and Hamilton, right?
1: Oh, is that what we're talking about? I okay,
0: <laughs> sure, whatever. What? <laughs> what? Ha- hang on. Are you familiar with the novel Les Misérables by Victor Hugo? It's it's something French. It's something French, yeah, but French right, Revolution.
1: Right. Okay, so, and so, and
0: Hamilton. Is about the American Revolution and and Alexander Hamilton. Okay,
1: I'm sorry. So this was who Le- actually
0: Le- rapped. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. So this was Le Miss and not Hamilton.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Who? Are- and so here's here's my Le Miss story. Um, since we're doing story time, uh, growing up in the middle of nowhere in the woods of northern Minnesota, um, uh, my brother and I were like the only piano players within. I don't know, like hundreds of square miles. Yeah. So we were asked to, like, do everything. Like, if there was a civic, like a... I remember every Memorial Day, we'd have to play God Bless America because, like, we, that was the tradition. At the Legion, we would do God, we'd play the piano for God Bless America. Every December, there'd be this mu- this Christmas celebration, and we'd be asked to do that. Weddings, funerals, uh, we we were the traveling show.
1: Okay, right, so... Ha- how did you get into piano playing
0: uh our mother forced us against our will
1: oh that okay that's that's a fair excuse go on uh, how, how else do you learn
0: important life skills
1: <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you you drink too much and stumble into them I don't know anyway, go on
0: no like yeah like i uh, for the first eight years, I did not enjoy it, and then eventually I grew to appreciate it, but um. But yeah, uh, so I, I accompanied a lot of stuff. Uh, and It was fun. I got to go to tons of weddings because any singer would be like, "Oh, can you can you play at this wedding?" And you know, weddings are fun. It's like a get invited to a big party, um, get to meet interesting people and interesting weddings and uh, interesting places. But uh, if you're into music, um, like as far as like. Uh, music at school, There's there would be something every spring, I think, called contest. Like, you'd go, people would, like, hone their skills, and, like, I was the accompaniment. So, like, I, if someone was going to, like, sing a solo or play a solo, like, I'd have to play the piano part for it. And, um... Wait, so, this, so, so is this, like, a talent contest? Um... Sort of, except you're just basically being critiqued by a judge. You're representing your school going before a judge, and they kind of give you a score. So if you're kind of pushed but encouraged by the band or choir instructor to to do a solo or a or an ensemble piece, like you do that. and then the the you know the full choir and the full band will, would do a piece for contest as well. but um so th- there's a senior who was gonna sing the song. Uh, sing a song, for whatever reason she chose I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis, which is a famous song because that's the song that Susan Boyle got famous for singing. Do you remember Susan Boyle?
1: No.
0: Okay, she was the... Is she Swedish? <laughs> no, she's English, but she was kind of like the, the ugly old lady who, like, sang, had the beautiful voice, oh, and everyone's right, like, wow, yeah, 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 and right, we're yeah. really shallow because yeah. we assumed... That because she was ugly on the outside, that she is ugly everything. I do remember Boys, this. I and, do and remember this. laughed at her, and then she sang, and it melted their hearts. Well, but here's the thing: is the song she sang was "I Dreamed a Dream," which I'll comment on uh, a little bit later. But this was long before Susan Boyle. So, um, this is the song that Patricia Fairbanks, uh, someone who later in life uh, I saw. It- <laughs> I I swear to you, this sounds unbelievable. She made the news like five years ago for um, having a baby without realizing that she was pregnant. You know this happens, right? It happened in Mad Men with Peggy, didn't realize she was pregnant, had a baby. (laughs) The difference is Patricia had had children before. And she was like training for a marathon, uh, had these pains like in her abdomen, went in and they're like, you're pregnant and actually you're giving birth. And she gave birth so years before that um she was singing i dreamed a dream for contest and like that was like her song and like in a small town if you sing us if you've got like a song ready they ask you to sing it at other various occasions They're like oh you have a song you should come sing it at this thing well one of the things that they asked her to sing it at was um the senior banquet which is like the celebration of like the seniors And, like, all their – in their speeches and, yay, like, we're sending you off as seniors. So we're finishing up the song, and this is a song about – and I'm going to butcher this, but I believe it's about young Colette who had all this optimism and brimming with enthusiasm for life. I dreamed all these things. I dreamed a dream that love would never die or end or something, like love was going to be great. Um, and then maybe even she's she's raped, I think. Um, <laughs> and the last line of the song is and now life has killed the dream I dreamed. <laughs> as, as Patricia sang these this last line at the senior banquet, celebrating the optimism <sighs> of a future when which we'll go and and just take life by the whatever, um, and and do great things. She sings and now life has killed the dream. I dreamed at which point she like <laughs> at the senior banquet makes eye contact with me. And like we, bu- she just blushes as we realize how inappropriate this song choice was. Whoa, whoa, all right. like,
1: slow, slow down, slow down, slow down. What? Why did she sing this song at the
0: senior? This sounds very inappropriate for a senior it's banquet. Very, it's very like, inappropriate. Like, like, at- But it was the song that she had ready and like that was it was just like not a lot of thought was put into this. It was like, Oh, you're a senior, you're gonna be (laughs) like some music. Why don't you sing your song that you sang at and like none of us like put two and two together and were like
1: Oh my god This is the worst song
0: to sing. Like we should sing, I don't know, summer of sixty nine or something. Not really that song, but, but something.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds incredibly inappropriate for a senior banquet. Like, that, like, it doesn't sound like a song that inspires hope and optimism.
0: <laughs> it does not. It, it hits that we were. It took until the last line, and now life has killed the dream. Of a dream for us to kind of realize it may have happened earlier in the song. Now that I'm thinking about it, it may have happened a little bit earlier. But like, we were already like into the song. Like, we could just stop and be like, uh, "This is wrong." <laughs> Uh Stop. Stop. So, good good times, right?
1: Okay, well, I mean, it uh, explains a little bit why you turned out the way you did. Uh... Explains a lot, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Moving over from baseball and miserable high school memories, uh, this week I'm going to go to my second NHL game of the season. I'm going to watch professional hockey played on ice between the Phoenix Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens, and it's going to be great. Wait, the Phoenix Coyotes play... I thought you were
0: going to field hockey.
1: No, no, like actual hockey. Ice hockey? Ice hockey. Ice hockey, hockey and ice. Uh, that's tomorrow. And I'm really excited. That the Coyotes actually had a really good start to their season. Uh, so, do, do you want a
0: story about the Coyotes? Only if it's about the animals that... Me live in the desert
1: fairly close it's it's a story that makes me look really stupid
0: oh like let's hear it
1: before i got there like you, you, the word coyotes is spelled c-o-y-t-e-s and i understood it to be, i
0: know i know how to spell
1: right and i understood it to be pronounced coyotes
0: because coy- coyotes like don't be coy because there's you no there's, coyote
1: There's no fucking A in it, and my first game here, back in the spring, in like April or something, the people in the stands started chanting, Go Coyotes, and I was really confused. I didn't really understand what they were saying, and then I realized after a while that, oh, that's how they pronounce that word, which doesn't make any sense to me. It's C-O, not C-A, and it's pronounced Coyotes. I think
0: you have your phonetics all wrong because you said, they said Coyotes and no one says Coyotes. What? Coyotes. 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 Coyotes.
1: Coyotes. Whatever. (laughs) Chris, Chris, tell our audience, how do you feel about Cracker Barrel? Barrel Cracker? What's that restaurant called?
0: It's called The Barrel of Crackers.
1: Right. How do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I nothing The Barrel of Crackers.
1: (laughs) have you ever had grits
0: i've had grits they're they're fine but like i don't understand like who who wakes up and says i would like some grits that person <laughs> needs to see a head doctor when you can have bacon and eggs and hash browns who would want grit so can, can i talk about some stuff that i've been watching we, we did this segment uh, last week, uh, What Have You Been Watching? I was thinking we could do a little bit more, especially since if you listen carefully, I wanted to talk about more movies, and you cut me off. Go on. So uh, one of the movies that I was really blown away by, I had heard um, Sonny talk about, uh, and that movie is Locke. I had never heard of this movie otherwise. Uh, it's a movie from 2013, um, with Tom Hardy. It's a tiny cast. In fact, he's the only person, the ac- the only actor that we actually see in the movie. We get the voices of Olivia Colman, of Ruth Wilson, and I think we have Spider-Man. What?
1: Is this the movie where he's inside a car for the duration yes. of the
0: movie? Yes. And I have to admit, there's nothing that, about this that sounds good. The movie... Uh, I just could not bring myself to watch the movie with Robert Redford where he was, like, on a boat. It was just him on a boat. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No. No, I don't know that movie. I'm sorry.
0: All right, we're going to pause while I Bing it.
1: Robert Redford on a boat?
0: Yeah, it's it's a fairly recent one. All I'm is lost?
1: L- All is lost? Is that it?
0: That sounds like it. Yeah, so I, I couldn't... i I just couldn't i I heard it was great i could not bring myself to watch that um uh but but i watched this one because Sonny really recommended it and it must have been um when they talked about the the most recent movie serenity that came out this year with anne hathaway and maddie um because i believe they have the same is a director or writer um perhaps director um Anyway, Locke, it's, it's an amazing performance by, uh, by Tom Hardy. Uh, really good. Uh, really interesting um, dynamics of, of him. Uh, just really powerful of him. Uh, just duty. Um,
1: wait, wait, I, I'm sorry,
0: slow down. So he is in the car the entire movie. The entire movie. The movie opens and he's pulling out of a job site. And what you discover is that he is a concrete worker and the biggest concrete pour in all in European history is about to happen. And he's supposed to supervise it. He is supposed to be on the ground, making sure that everything happens and you learn far more about concrete than you ever thought you'd learn in this movie as he's trying to, um, and he, it's like 10 PM when he leaves and he's like driving through the middle of the night to get to the birth of his, um, illegitimate child. Um, He's married and he has two children of his own, um, and you get to kind of the, the family dynamic of, of his, his relationship with his wife as he's calling her and telling her that he's he's not going to be there and, he, and he, he wants to talk privately. What? To so, just, so,
1: what? so, so, is no one else in this movie?
0: It's just him making phone calls in the car. To to who? To his wife. He's talking to his kids. Um, he he talks to the the, the mother of the child um he and and he talks to uh this this guy who who his his boss who's like don't you understand like you're going to get fired um but uh, he still wants to be responsible to make sure this poor goes well which includes um uh making sure that all the road closures happen and all the the the, the skids are greased so that this so everything can go well cuz he he wants to be responsible um and he wants to be there for the birth of, his, of, of this child uh, because his dad was, was, uh, was not present in his life. And he wants this child to, to, to at least have this. Um, he made a mistake. Uh, it was a, a one-night stand when he was away on a concrete pour. It's a, it's a really good movie. I can't recommend it enough. Um, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, it sounds absolutely terrible.
0: It's available on Netflix, and it's really good. And you should watch the first 20 minutes and I, I'd be shocked if, if you didn't want to watch anymore. It's it's very good.
1: This uh, like, if if any of our listeners want to watch a movie of someone in their car, I will literally send you like video clips of myself driving. Please don't. And and that I, I bet you that will be better than whatever the hell this is. Uh, Chris, what what? Sunny else? loved
0: it. Uh, Brian, uh, our co-host, loves it. What else? Uh Hunt for the Wilder People.
1: What, is, uh, what is that? I've I've heard of that. What is that?
0: Well, uh Rick, uh back when we had Rick, uh of the famous Rick and Erica fame. Um, so has only seen uh one Jude Law movie and the Harry Potter movies, but Rick has branched out and watched a number of other movies, <laughs> uh, including Hunt for the Wilder people, one of Taika Waititi's films. And it is absolutely wonderful. Uh it, it's it's uh, Rick mentioned it as like a movie that you should watch that maybe you haven't or something whatever category we had um, uh, for sharing. Uh, it, it's outstanding. Takes place in New Zealand. Uh, uh, a story of this orphan boy finding a home. Uh, it is it is uh, someone on Letterboxd the, the mention, uh, called it the the up and Moonrise Kingdom uh smash up that I never thought I needed it is it's so good um you know th- this relationship between the boy and and Sam Neill Wait,
1: uh, so so back up a bit so what what is this movie actually about
0: so so there's this orphan who's brought to this family this this kid and it's like his last chance it's like if if you can if this placement with this family doesn't work cuz um in the city he's he's kind of run into some crime and um had, had some troubles and and the social services um aren't exactly sympathetic in fact the so the social services lady it's it was it is kind of like moonrise kingdom um moonrise kingdom the the faceless bureaucracy of social services played by tilda swinton yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: so her analog in in um hunt for the wilder people is um the same actress that plays uh the bloodthirsty uh, kind of right-hand person to Jeff Goldblum and Thor Ragnarok, so the one who like thinks he should zap everybody, and he's like, "Why? Like, why, why do I have to?" Like, they just said, you know, they just said the wrong answer. Like, I shouldn't turn them into goo. Um, it's her, and and she she's like this very unsympathetic uh, social services uh, person. The movie's uh, kind of this touching story of of this kid who who doesn't like. He's from the city. He's dropped off in the country. Uh, and, like, it's funny, he's dropped off, he walks around the farm, and he gets back in the car. He's like, take me back. Like, I don't want to stay here. Um, but you see this very sweet story of him connecting with, okay, spoilers, okay? Spoilers. He he bonds very quickly with his new adoptive mother, and she dies. And so Sam Neill, who had never really had a, much of an interest in being a dad to this kid, and and this kid in, in kind of an unlikely, uh, turn of events end up like connected. They're both like on the lamb, um, and both like in the woods. So that the, the name wilder people is like social services and the cops are hunting for them. Like they're hiding out in the woods, um, uh, avoid for, for, for different reasons, trying to avoid detection. And it's hilarious. It's delightful. It's sweet. It is. It is an amazing movie. Everyone should watch *Hunt for the Wilder People*.
1: All right. So, 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 Chris. Yeah. You you know that I really hate *Moonrise Kingdom*. I think *Moonrise Kingdom* is a terrible movie, and it well, that it's bad. I, yeah.
0: Well, sure, sure. You have terrible taste. Okay. Might I still like this movie? Yes. You should watch it. It's very good. If 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 you don't like it, you don't have a heart.
1: I mean that's that's also plausible. I mean I do like uh uh YTT's uh Thor Ragnarok. I think that is hilarious and a really funny moral movie. All
0: right. Um so I also watched Serenity. Um I mentioned a few weeks ago that uh so not Serenity with Maddie and Anne Hathaway, but the Serenity that came out in 2005 which is is um the the movie Uh, kind of capstone to the TV show Firefly, the Joss Whedon um, TV show uh, about uh, the space, basically a space Western. Um, The show I enjoyed. uh, I, you know, attentive listeners, uh, (laughs) attentive listeners uh, will remember that uh, I love that the the realism of having space toilets on Firefly, <laughs> and I was not disappointed. The movie uh, Serenity had space toilets. Um, I mean, you didn't actually. There's no evidence that they were used, but I, I remember in one scene distinctly um, pausing it and taking a picture because um, I noticed in the background there was a space toilet. So I'm glad uh, of that. I, I but I, I really did enjoy the movie. I, th- I thought it was a, a fun, um, and, and so within the SSU we've debated um, most people are on the side that um, Firefly and Serenity are not necessarily deep or profound in any philosophical way that Joss Whedon wanted it, it to be, but they're just purely delightful um, space Western kind of entertainment. Right, Thomas, I, I, are, are, are you, are, did you watch these?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I watched the show and I did watch Serenity. And so what are you talking so So the cast, Fillion, Baldwin,
0: Summerglow—fantastic! Um,
1: like, like, like—they're all great. And it's definitely something after you watch the single season that exists of Firefly, you should watch the movie Serenity, because it builds on the show, it follows mm-hmm. on the show, it doesn't necessarily resolve every question that you might have had from the show, but it is definitely worth watching, and it. It makes everything... Like, especially, like, the plot surrounding Summerglow... Makes
0: it so much more interesting. Yeah. Where in the show... Um, the the sister... Uh, it's this kind of unresolved... She kind of is a pain in the butt... But, like, it's not really clear... What are... The, what the whole... Like, what is she for... Besides getting them in trouble every once in a while? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and like... So, some people have described... Firefly and Serenity as like a modern Western or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean that's sort of true. I, I I think it's good TV. I think it's the best thing that just just Whedon has probably made, right?
0: Oh, no one no one denies this. Uh,
1: and so yeah, I I think people should watch it. Uh, if you watch if if you enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you should watch Firefly and you should watch uh, Serenity the movie. Should I watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there is no need for you to do that. So, okay. uh, I think I have uh, talked about this on, on Twitter and in our text conversations. You know what I have been watching recently? What? Peaky Blinders. And it is so impressively good. And I cannot imagine that it has taken this long for me to actually start watching it. So, this past weekend, like Saturday and Sunday... I am pretty sure that I watched eight to nine hours of Peaky Blinders. I am somewhere in the fourth season right now. And it is amazing. Uh, Cillian Murphy hasn't done anything better than this. It is, it is a part that fits like a glove for him. And so, Chris, like, like Chris, I think we talked a little bit earlier about how there are certain parts that fit certain people really, mm-hmm. really well. And this is one for Cillian Murphy. I think that Ian McShane in Deadwood is like a glove, and so on. And like he—he's so good. Uh, even uh, whoever it is that plays Arthur uh, in Peaky Blinders is amazing. Like it is such a great show.
0: Yeah, it—it's the performances too, right? Uh, and and the, also like the the first season, what's powerful about it is the moral ambiguity. Like it's not so clear that the cops are the good guys. And the gangsters are the bad guys, right? Like, isn't that what makes it work?
1: There is this family that comes from literally nothing. Like, they are literally like travelers or gypsies, as they were called back then. And they they have nothing, and they start this gambling house, and they build from that. Throughout the series, you have some level of sympathy for them, and you want you want them. You're rooting for them, yeah. Yeah, like you want them
0: to beat the coppers. And, and, and there's something, like, distinctly British about it, like, you know, the British, like, stiff upper lip, like, um, like he's like, what, what is it that, that Tommy always says, like, he, he talks about, um, when the time came to go to war, he went to war for his country.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: Like, what was what's his line with that? Like, I, I fought for the queen or whatever. Uh, or... I, I,
1: I fought for the king. Forgot,
0: yeah, that, the king. Yeah, and, with the and, king. But, yeah,
1: and and that is something that persists throughout several seasons. It's like, yeah. like, did you fight for the king? Did you fight at at the Somme? Did you fight at any of These yeah. other places in the First World War, and and if you didn't, the sort of the, you, you, the, you don't
0: you don't have credibility. Yeah, like, like no. I when, when the call came, I I answered the call. Uh, yeah, I received medals. I threw them in the in the canal. Like I I I don't live for those honors. But if if you didn't. If you weren't willing to answer the call yeah no you have no credibility yes. it's, yeah yeah it's, it's great so it's not just about gangsters like you know kicking ass and taking names but they do kick ass and take names
1: <laughs> i don't know if this is because of the context in which i grew up where i grew up in like i grew up working class with people who are sort of like the people that you encounter in the lives of the Shelby family who are just regular workers trying to get by in small heath, Birmingham. They are trying to make the most of it. And the Shelbys are trying to rise above it, be it all by it through, you know, illegal means or whatever. But there is this, but, but like, they are still, like, part of the community. and
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. and they feel a responsibility for their, yeah. for their part of the community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like at some like I'm currently in season 4 and I think in the last season, uh, in the last episode that I watched Tommy Shelby started to talk about how he wanted to open more institutions for more children from the community that wanted to get a better life and he wanted to give more money to charity and everything like that.
0: And and uh they they discuss him on on um blank check blank check podcast and one of the things they say is like like he's so great why does not he get more work and i think they cite someone else when they say like uh so it's not their original idea but they agree they're like he's too pretty (laughs) he doesn't like he's too pretty to be a movie star um and for some reason like this role really works for him like he's he's able to get the under undercut like the the kind of the soccer haircut (laughs) and uh and uh
1: So he's
0: not too pretty in this role. He's just pretty enough.
1: My least favorite thing about the show is their haircuts. I think they're terrible (laughs) and I think they should get rid of them. I was also really surprised that they weren't dead from alcohol poisoning by the end of season two (laughs) because they drink all the time.
0: Yeah. 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 And and so... um, Killian Murphy is fantastic. Uh, Whoever plays Arthur is great. But we also have Tom Hardy. Yes, we did. Tom Hardy plays a... Tom Hardy's he's amazing in everything he's in. Uh, He's especially amazing as the Jewish gangster in this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, he's good at it. Although, at the same time, I feel like that was a role that allowed him to do whatever he wanted with it, right? Like... Mm -hmm. If if he wanted to play it the way that he did, he could. And it is just like this crazy Jew running a quote-unquote bakery. It was perfect for it.
0: When I say Jew, it just sounds different than when, when you say Jew. When you say crazy Jew. And now for something entirely different from Birmingham Gangsters, Kanye West has professed a faith in Jesus Christ. Ryan, you have some thoughts on this.
2: Um, he has. And I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. And yes.
2: Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are... Uh... And that's it. Well, if you guys had listened to the album, that would have made sense. But, no, yeah, I listened to the album. I liked it. Uh, I was skeptical before listening to it. And it doesn't really... So... I think you shared a tweet from somebody that said, like, Kanye will let you down, will let you people down, or something like that. I was, did it say you people? It probably didn't say you people. (laughs) But you shared a tweet that was, like, something like, uh, Uh, just basically, like, talking to Christians who were, like, holding them up as some, like, spiritual leader that, like, hey, he's going to, and I, like, agreed with that at the time, and I still do. And I'm, like before listening to it i was just like he is not like he's he's known for doing things for publicity he's like mm. he's built his career on uh, yeah. not, well for one he's an amazing artist i i love kanye west like his um like uh, 808s and heartbeats is a great album his uh, his best album is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and like when that came out like I, I listened to that probably like ten or fifteen times, just straight. I didn't listen to anything else. And um, so I was just like, but, but he also does like crazy things just for publicity. He doesn't seem our our friend Matt uh, knows someone that has worked with him and said that of any musician in the industry, Kanye is the least tethered to reality. And that makes about sense. right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I totally think like that makes him a helps make him a great artist. Also, I don't know if that makes him th- that's a point in favor of making him a great spiritual leader. And so I was just like, uh, I, before listening to it, I said I might like the album. It might be good, but just like thinking that he's going to lead some like spiritual revival or thinking that he's you know, like a spiritual leader or something like that. Like he's. I mean, it just seemed. It's, it it seemed, it's, to me, it still seems stupid to try to hold him up as something that he's not and doesn't need to be, no matter how great the album is. And I do think it's great. It's another, I listened, as soon as I started listening to it, like the first couple times, I was like, I really like this. And then, like, the third time I listened to it, I was like, I, I really like this. It's really great, and but and I still have the same opinion. Like, setting aside the album and how much I like it, and like his he it seems authentic. He it seems like he believes everything he's saying in the album. But I I, I still don't think we need to like look at him as anything different than someone who is you know saying that they're a Christian now and has. Uh, produced a fantastic album anything uh, even if he's like totally sincere like chances are he's still going to like you know still be Kanye West that we all know so that's where I am the album I I love the album it's great like I, even as like a profession of faith for or, or like his um, his witness or whatever it. I it, great. I believe him. It's and it's good. I like it. Um, I think it's his. I think it's his best album since uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It seems like he's put a, he put a lot of work into the songs, um, and the people has. Um, on the album with him are all great. He has, um, Pusha T and his brother, uh, no malice have like, uh, they, they're on, um, one song in which, uh, they, uh, they talk about getting caught with a trunk full of Barry Manilow's, which I had to look up. And so Pusha T and his brother are famous for coming up with new ways to, um, describe moving powder or moving cocaine and so their newest way is a trunk full of Barry Manilow's because Barry Manilow is super white
1: (laughs) all right right. so 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 Ryan Mm. so I like I I would rather shit in my hands and clap (laughs) than listen to this freaking album but do, do you like Kanye
2: yeah I always have I mean yeah I always have I think like I like his I I like him as an artist well at the same time I say like he seems like a crazy person and like it, like totally like all over the place and does things for publicity and uh if if it came out tomorrow that this was all just fake and he was just doing it as a stunt I wouldn't I would be uh, you know, I guess not super shocked, but I would still say the same thing about the album. Like, uh, I mean, doesn't matter to me.
0: Chris,
1: how do you feel about Kanye?
0: So, allow me to provide a little bit of context here. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> and by providing context, I mean I'm going to do a lot of throat clearing. I haven't listened to this album I probably won't. I am predisposed to be skeptical of Kanye. He has always seemed like an unstable narcissist. Yeah. Which is, which is fine, even to say about a new Christian. Becoming a Christian does not magically fix your problems. It does not immediately make you not an unstable narcissist. With that being said, we also believe that God transforms, that he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, transforms lives. That as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And I believe that God may be doing a powerful work in the heart of Mr. Kanye West. God could be doing a powerful work in him. It's not my job to be his judge. Right. From what I understand from what everyone tells me, this album is a profession of faith. So I want to celebrate that. I just don't want him to become a mouthpiece for Christianity.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So people people are like, well, don't judge and and they bring up the the apostle Paul who was a persecutor of the church and very quickly became one of the greatest apostles in the church. And they're like, well, see, don't like don't you understand like people change, like God can use the most unlikely people to do things, um, and Paul is actually a great analog. Um, so let's also point out that the Apostle Paul spent three years in Arabia working out his faith. I have no doubt that those three years in Arabia that that he was actually doing the work of missions on a person to person basis. But before he began his public ministry that we see in the Book of Acts, he had already spent three years in in Arabia. So let's give Kanye ample time before we make him a spokesman for my faith and for for and for Ryan's faith and for Thomas's faith. Um, so if Kanye has experienced a conversion, and that's what seems to have happened, I mean, what other reason does he have to to profess? Faith in, in Jesus Christ. It stands only to hurt him in the artistic community, um, in a culture that is increasingly hostile to Christianity. So, so, so it just it, if he has experienced a conversion, we should celebrate this. One of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible is is Luke chapter fifteen, and in Luke chapter fifteen, we see Jesus tell a, a series of three parables: the the parable of the lost sheep. The lost coin, and finally the lost son, which is otherwise known as the prodigal son. And what we see in in uh, luke fifteen uh, chapter uh, verse ten, I think is um we see him him saying that like this this glimpse into heaven where angels are rejoicing at one repentant sinner and and we we believe that. and that's a beautiful thing that like we should join in with all of heaven
2: rejoicing that Kanye has found Jesus. so yeah, what, what, and so he even. Even in some of the songs, shut up, Thomas. Um, so even in some of the songs, uh, he he addresses that the fact that he's not, you know, uh, reliable, and that or um, that uh, people are reluctant. So in one song, uh, "Hands On," the um, the refrain is, "What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me. Make it seem like nobody loved me." I'm not trying to lead you to visas, but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers, only halfway read Ephesians. And then at the the end of the song is like, um, I deserve all the criticism you got. If that's all the love you have, that's all you got. To sing of change, you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking. Yeah, I understand your reluctancy. Yeah, but I have a request. Don't throw me up. Lay your hands on me, please pray for me. Uh, hold myself on death, hold it all falling down. Somebody pray for me, and then um, yeah, just the uh, hands-on part again and again. Um, but it, he does like in several songs, like address like um, the fact that people are going to be skeptical of this. Which and, and some, I think he had to – I mean that's the most – I think that's the most yeah. – he's not someone who's generally self-aware. So that's – Right, yeah. So Maybe that's
0: proof that something's happening.
2: Maybe. Or maybe somebody just said like – or maybe he's aware enough to know that he needs to pretend to be self-aware.
0: I know that there will be some Christians, some jerk Christians, if he apostatizes – who will celebrate that and be like, I told you so. And they should not do that. We should like never, like th- there should never be an, I told you so in, in this case, and I'm not right. setting myself up to say, I told you so I'm just saying, let's, let's just wait, Thomas, what are you saying?
1: No, I- I'm just saying that anyone who names their kids, Chicago West and Northwest I I don't know. This this is
2: pushing me more towards that's pre Christianity, Thomas. This this is
1: more pushing me towards Islam than anything else.
0: (laughs) I am. What was the the second fourth? So I knew I knew about North. What was the other one named Chicago?
2: Really? I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) North North Chicago Saint
0: and Psalm West kids Saint and Psalm. Yes,
2: they have four kids. No, that's not right. Yes. That's a lot of kids. I will say Rhett also. Yeah. Rhett Rhett really likes the album a lot.
0: I believe that that's all the time we have in this episode. Well, Thank I- you, Thomas and Ryan, for coming on the show. Um oh wait, you're always on the show. Um it's your show too. Uh you're welcome. Thomas, I'm gonna uh let you close the show out. <laughs> Bye guys.
1: That is all the time we are giving to this episode. On balance, it seems that Ryan and Chris think that Kanye is good for Christianity and religion. I think that Kanye is an idiot, and that's perfectly fine.
0: Good night! He could be
1: both. He might be both. Good night and good luck. We'll see you
3: next time. Where secrets lie, in the border of fires, in the humming wires. Yeah man, you know you're never coming back. Past the square, across the bridge, past the mills, past the stacks. On a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand.
2: 1230? You act like we haven't been like, much later. It is not 1230. Th- it is
0: 1253.
2: Okay, when I woke up, it was
0: 1230. <laughs> I'm going to be getting out of bed in like four hours. Oh, shut up. I got up at 345 <sighs> yesterday morning.